Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Proof Beyond Reason. This is Geology coming at you guys. Your boy Mike the Baptist. I'm J-Mo. And we have a special guest Ooh. today, my boy Andres. Thank you so much for being hey, here, sir. how's it going, everyone? Yes, awesome. Uh, so episode what? What are we on right now? 44? Dang. 44? Episode like, 44. We're, we're running through this. Like, God's given us, like, an amazing grace in uh, bestowing us this, this passion of just continuously coming in and... Uh, just sharing with you guys some of the topics that are not really talked about in the church. You can check us out if you guys do not know. Uh, we're also on Instagram for those of you who would like to see our beautiful faces and see the behind the scenes as well. But you can find us on Instagram, Proof Beyond Reason. You can catch us on SoundCloud at Proof Beyond Reason, iTunes, Facebook. Yeah, um, send us a message. And the topic that we're talking about today has to do with a conversation that I had with someone um and and you know follow us share this we're getting a lot of plays uh more consistently so we're getting a very consistent audience base which is phenomenal in our race to get to number 50 so (laughs) episode 44 is today uh but we are on a journey to hit episode 50 and and Andres has suggested that we do a little celebration. You do a party, man. You, know, you got to do, do something. something that we did episode 50. So it's been a long journey, a lot of ups and downs. Um, but we are we're still doing it by God's grace. So excited to do it, too. I, I'm not even in a place where I'm, like, tired to do it. Yep. I'm excited to do it every time. I get pumped every time I come. Every even time. Even though I'm exhausted from work. Every time. Set up the lights and the mic and see you guys' faces. Like, I'm just so excited. And then, uh, you know, having guests come on, this is awesome. I, I'm super, super excited. Uh, but today... Jumping right into the topic because it's going to, I mean, we couldn't even, I couldn't even hit play on this thing because we were already having a conversation diving into it. Um, the, converse, the topic is this. So would you consider the teaching of the Christian apostate, the unbelieving believer, the saved reprobate to be heresy? So essentially, uh, I, I've had uh, someone contact me about a discussion they've been having with someone about uh, can someone be both a believer and non-believer at the same time and end up in heaven essentially is what the conversation is leading to. So will we see someone who is, who can be both a believer and an unbeliever at the same time and we will see them in heaven? So, um, so what are your thoughts, fellas? Mm. It's hard. Yeah, that's a tough question. It's a very tough question. I want to start with something. Um, Calvinists are always pointed out to be the people that believe that, you know, you're safe and always safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But it seems like nowadays that has shifted a little bit. And more Armenians, Wesleyans, whatever, they are started thinking that now that if you have prayed a prayer, now you're safe for life. Mm. And I met people like that. I met people that think that their parents, their grandparents, because they pray a prayer... Now they're safe. I mean, it leads me to think that most people think they're safe when they're not. Which I think the previous position was there was this, like, you can lose it and gain it, lose right. it and gain mm-hmm. it because it was a works-based faith. Yep. Yep. Um, and, I, and I had a huge discussion with someone about that when, you know, they had asked me, do you believe that, uh, that someone, if they're, if they're saved, then they're, then they're, you know, they're always saved? And I said, you know, yeah, but I think that whole term... Um, once saved, always saved. I think it has a little bit of uh, of a of a of a backstory to yep. it. So, you know, I would say if if someone is uh, is an elect of God, then then there's nothing that can pluck me out of His hands. Like mm-hmm. if you are, that's right. You, if you are in the family of faith, well, that's then, what the Bible. Teaches. Yeah, and that's what and that's what Christ clearly teaches. Um, and so, him and I got in this huge conversation, and that was one of them. Is that he holds to that position mm-hmm. of. Well, he held to that position. I don't know what he holds now. I haven't talked to him in a while. But the position was that you essentially to the end of your life, we don't know where you are until your end of your life. Like if you do, you know, if you're kind of up and down, up and down, up and down, then the last moment of your life, you're like, God, forgive me. Boom. You're good to go kind of thing. So it's kind of you, you have to do your best until the last minute. Mm-hmm. If you sin in the last minute, so let's say Jesus comes back and you're, you're found, you know, having some kind of you're having a bad day. And and you're sinning, and Jesus comes back. You're you're not in heaven no more. Yeah. Like your name is erased from the book of life. I think the motive <laughs> motivation really matters. So like the intent of the reason why somebody would want to follow a theology like that really does matter. So yeah. like um, if 
for whatever reason, there's, there's, you know, I've, I've even said it when I was uh, an unbeliever. You know, um, I, I was raised with a, a Christian family. I thought it was, I thought I would go to heaven. Honestly, mm-hmm. in high school, I thought I was going to heaven. He did. I promise you. Like, I remember. And, and uh, but the reality, me looking back, I was completely. The Holy Spirit was um, upon me, but I, I was living lawlessness. You know, so um, if the motivation behind a person that wants to um, to think like that um, is to live in lawlessness and then at the last moment God forgive me for my sins and then I go to heaven clearly there's something that is not um, right there's not a regeneration there's not something that uh, the spirit you know with that being said like also I'm not the judge God is ultimately the judge but clearly we can see by by fruit Mm. And I see, I see, see in the Bible, in the book of Romans, you know, Paul kind of addressing certain things with, uh, you know, with faith. Mm-hmm. He's saying like, you know, you know, it's not like it, you, you show me works. Like, I, I don't, I think it's in James or in, uh, no. uh he says, by believe your, in James. By, James yeah, yeah, works. yeah, by the works. So he's like, by the works that you see, like, you, uh, by the faith, you sh- you show me your faith without work. I show you my faith that's with right. works. Right. Yep, that's and it. I'm paraphrasing, of yeah, course, because yeah, cool. I'm not saying it verbatim, but you know, there clearly is people at that time that were thinking, okay, so mm. Jesus, now you're coming in with this new theology of now I, I'm not abiding by the physical law of, of you know, Moses. So now it's, it's you, you're the new law. There's no law within Jesus. So now I live lawlessness. Mm. So clearly there's people that gravitate towards that. Mm-hmm. So the motivation Good, behind yeah. a certain thought process really does matter wow that's good no that's a good point um and uh and i think uh what you had mentioned before is like that whole in in romans the, the confession of faith I think is romans 12 or romans 9 romans 10 i think romans 10 yeah where it's um you know it's the it's the confession of faith right uh uh speak with your lips believe in your heart and yeah. and and yep. you know that's cool romans but, 10 8, 10. but it comes to this place where that view is you know what is the the genuine the authenticity of that proclamation i think is the biggest concern um you know that we're seeing in that whole right when we talk about the bible though we don't talk about only one verse Mm -hmm. right of course and when we assemble doctrines of salvation specifically yeah you put a whole bunch of uh, mm-hmm. verses together to make a a systematic ideology out of that doctrine out of that Mm -hmm. so it's, it's not only to confess that, you know, Jesus is your Savior, but mm-hmm. also repent from your sins, which means turning away from the way you were living before and now right. live in a certain way. So when you talk about a believer <laughs> that now is unbelieving, I mean, are we really talking about a believer? Yeah. Or is it someone that thinks that it's being safe? Now, so here's my not. argument. Here's my, my question for you guys is, can... And I have my take on it, but I'll, I'll ask you guys first. So, can someone be a genuine believer yet go through a season where their faith they've questioned it as such that they would be living a lifestyle as an unbeliever, but they would still be in the family of faith? I would. Do I need to rephrase that? Does anyone? No, no it, you're clear. Uh, you're clear. It's just hard I, to answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll answer that question with an example of my own personal life. All right. Um, I had a friend at the time. I was going to uh, Pentecostal church, right? Uh, my friend, he just recently went from the Pentecostal church, who I who I met at the church, and decided to go to you know a Calvinistic a Calvin church uh, church that believes in the five points of Calvin, right? Um, so um, he was basically not trying to recruit me or anything like that, but out of the love, you know, it was like a certain passion within him and I, you know, a believer, okay? So he kept telling me how I was an unbeliever at that time because of things that, um, you know, things that I was doing, but to him it was sin, you know? So he's like, how dare you? How could you watch that movie? Or the, the amount of judgment that he was trying to put on me, right? And so... I remember telling him, I was like, listen, you know, um, and me even struggling at that at that point in my life with God, like um, with like faith and things like that. So um, and even him judging me at that moment because he saw 
what he thought was the fruits of my life. But he didn't realize every single day I'm thinking about God. Every single day I was um, seeking God and, and really like God using these moments of trials in my life to really kind of seek him more. Right. So, mm -hmm. but at the time he's seeing that part of my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So I remember telling him over the phone, you, you won't know at the end until the end of your life. If I'm, you know what I mean? And it sounds similar to what you were saying in the beginning, but a little bit different because my motivations were towards God. Right. And so I was like, you, you're judging me at this moment in my life, but you don't know who knows at the end of the, at the end of your life that you're preaching to me, but you're the ones that's going to need, I'm going to have to be preaching to you in five years that you fall, you fell in off from, from, and he was like, yeah, yeah. Well, short story, say, um, short story, um, ended up, um, I don't want to put anything out there, you know, just in case he's listening mm. or whatever, but, um, certain situations in his life, you know, um, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say it, but, um, yeah, it kind of fell off. And even the church he was going to, completely there was like a um like um a falling away and mm -hmm. things like that even mm -hmm. with the pastor down and stuff so so i say that because i i do feel like um it's a fine line mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like i can't judge like as a brother as a believer the moment i say i'm a believer you have that right to judge me mm -hmm. but another person in the street i don't have the right to judge because they're already condemned <clears throat> the bible you know jesus already says they already stand condemned mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the fine line is i'm a i was a believer at that moment because the holy spirit never departed from me mm -hmm. but from the outside looking in it looked like i was struggling and god mm -hmm. was using those moments so the tulip irresistible grace in that point would really God bringing me back. You, you know, know um, I went to, I had visited a church and it was probably a church that was with John. Possibly I was with John at that, at that moment. I'm not sure. Um, but I remember uh, there was a teaching that talked about Moses not being like, we will not see Moses in eternity because at the end where he disobeys God, as far as turning the, the the water uh the the water from uh from rock when he hit the rock boom he's not supposed to do that boom so because of that he didn't see the promised land blah 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 and because of god not allowing him to see the promised land because of his sin essentially is how the how the preacher was connecting it that means he's no long he's no long you're not going to see him in eternity <laughs> so the sin that was committed by a believer has now not allowed him access into the kingdom. And what do you, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I mean, is that even real? I'll give you another person in the Bible. Um, Solomon, uh, not Solomon, uh, Samson, who fell with Bathsheba, but towards the end of his life, he, he was paying the penalties of his sin, eyes gouged out, no power. But at the last moment of his life, it's a redeeming moment that he gave his life to, to, to destroy the Philistines, I was ready to destroy, but but it was really to save God's people at that time, right? So God using that person as um, who messed up at, at a redeeming moment. So there's, I don't know. Well, so the, we got we got asked the question: Are the people in the Old Testament were they saved by faith or mm -hmm. were they saved by works? Mm -hmm. Good, that's true. It's good, yeah. Because. From my understanding is they were saved by faith. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Hebrews talks about that in Hebrews 11, mm -hmm. all the heroes of faith. So I think they were looking ahead of mm -hmm. what the salvation was to come mm -hmm. and the Messiah to come. So they have faith in God. So I don't think it was by works. Right. Otherwise, no one would have been saved in the right. Old Testament. I mean, in my case, um, I did a lot of crazy things. Um, I did some stuff that I... I'm not proud of, uh, darkest of the darkest, like a magician type level, magic, fully into the occult type of thing. And I always thought, like in the beginning when I was saved at the time, or I thought I was saved, I didn't really know anything, but yet something always hinted that there was something more. So there was a God, but yet I clarified it as my identity being that I am greater, or in that instance that I can define who is God. So I believe the teachings of what taught me that. So I would always go to that false teaching, that sense of Jesus that he's just a, a brother, 
going with me. And then when I became saved, I knew the whole truth. And then there was moments where I fell off. But it's mm-hmm. like John saying, it's like the truth radically changed me to the point where no matter what I did, I always was just like, I'm doing something wrong. Right. And, and I think that's the key, you know, because there's some people that actually confess uh, Jesus is my savior, mm-hmm. but they have not been radically changed in their lives. Mm-hmm. And then that, that, you know, it's like turning a light. Yep. And once you turn the light, I mean, you might Every, hide sometimes, else, but... Yeah. But, I mean, the light is the light. Yeah. It not, doesn't become dark anymore. You, you know, um, I, when you talk about the Old Testament, I think of, um, I think of Noah, you know, where he, he obeyed God, saw everyone die, and, and became a drunk or had an instance of drunkenness, whether he became a drunk for a certain period of time, whatever, but he had an instance of drunkenness that we can see in Scripture. And it can be seen there like, did he just lose his faith? Did he, you know, forsake God and all this? He had a human moment where he was, I mean, he saw everyone die. Everyone he knew from the past mm-hmm. who were part of his life that didn't, uh, you know, that God had asked them to do something. He did it. And now this was the consequence of it. And now he's living with it. So instead of turning to God, he turns to the bottle. Does that mean he's now saved, not saved, and then saved again? Right. It, it does that mean that uh, I don't see that being the case. You know what I'm saying? Like I see he had a human moment. Mm-hmm. Paul says. Could I want to do I don't do the bad I want to do. I, don't, I end up doing and that sanctification process of, of being that convict being convicted and having the light and 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 becoming more like Christ in time. Um, the sinless perfection here on earth. I mean, I've yet I to mean, see it, even if, if it's theoretical, if it's something that's philosophical, if it's something that we can discuss, it's not something that I can see. So I, I think I think there has to be an allowance for the human component mm-hmm. to say you're going to need brethren to bring mm-hmm. you back up and to lead you back into correct living. So that's why community is so important. But the notion that someone can verbalize and say Jesus is not savior he is not lord and you confessed at one point jesus was lord and then you come around and say jesus is not lord and for me to categorize you as saying well even though he said that in the past he is still saved and me not be concerned by it that's concerning if that makes sense mm-hmm. right and i mean we we um scripture talks about it and I, I don't i'm just paraphrasing um but it does say that your brothers like if you see your brother stumbling like go and like give counsel or to help them and to come back to the faith because we you see we have human moments where we falter sometimes like we'll have those moments where we doubt something or how even we present the tough questions that uh people in the church don't really want to present is basically we have those moments where we're just asking what's going on like is it just us going through it but yeah we see it throughout history throughout um scripture that things just happen like we fall to our, fre- uh, our flesh, not fresh. Uh, we fall to our flesh sometimes, but salvation is continuously on a daily basis. Mm. That's what I always consider as, like we're picking up our cross every single day. The moment we wake up, we walk with our cross. Like that's how I see it, being a believer. Well, now, what you mentioned before, it's, it's very real. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, when you become a Christian, you're basically telling the whole world, here I am, mm-hmm. you know, judge me. It's like you're raising your hands and saying, you know, <laughs> I'm a Christian now. And I'm, you're, you're an easy target, basically. For not for everyone else to judge you, but also for the devil to start attacking your life. Mm-hmm. So Christian life is, is a messy life. I mean, it's full of struggles. It's full mm-hmm. of trials. God himself bring, brings trials to our lives for a purpose. And... When we see struggles in our lives, that's a good sign that we're actually trying, by the Spirit, trying to become more like Christ. Hmm. So, so you, that's the perseverance of if perseverance of the saints. That's exactly what it, it is manifest. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when someone is fighting and fighting mm-hmm. and fighting and wants to, you know, be more like Christ, and that's what the question, the initial question you posted is. It's, it's kind of difficult to believe that someone that considers, you know, a believer and stops believing now, 
I mean, I, I don't know if I will take his word by. Yeah, I, I see a lot of like judgment from the outside of what we can physically see, right? So like with the story that I gave with my friend, he was physically, he was judging me based on what he saw the outside of my life, but he didn't see the inward dwelling, the inward things that I was dealing with with God, me crying out to him, right? right? Mm -hmm. So I think we have to be very, very careful because there's, at the time, the Pharisees, they were, the, the Pharisees and uh, the Sadducees, and, and they had this, um, in the time of Jesus, they had like this, um, not holier than now, but like almost like, how dare you judge me? I'm like the, the superiority, and then you look at, all the people that rode with Jesus, Peter, who cut off one guy's ear, the other guys are all rugged, and these are the type of these are the type of guys that Jesus surrounded himself with. From the outside, maybe from the Pharisee standpoint, these people are completely mm. savages or unbelievers. But God judges not like a human judges, right. you know. And so we have to be very careful. I think a lot of times is on what standard are, are we judging, like. Right. Like a lot of times we hear these, these, these things from pulpits, right? From pastors, but maybe that's something inwardly that he's dealing with that maybe he had a loved one. We don't know. Maybe he had a loved one who died unbelieving mm. an unbeliever. And to him is to rationalize, man, like maybe my mom who was an unbeliever, she had, she, maybe she's in heaven. Mm. it's sad to say mm. maybe she's not you know so nobody wants to think those thoughts mm. right so who knows the motivation behind it but we have to be very careful when you're in a position of power in a position that you're teaching yeah. to not spread type of things and so i would call it heresy in certain in 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 the first you know yeah yeah thing because um if it's not drawn towards god like man yeah like, so uh, this is a, a quote from uh, Wayne Grudem, and Wayne Grudem is uh, uh, the author of uh, of a number a number of books, but he's most famed for writing a, a systematic theology uh, textbook that is commonly used in in uh, seminaries across the the world. And uh, I pulled this off of a website called uh, uh, Monergism. If anyone's ever mm -hmm. um, yep. have that, so um, the excerpt says this: It says we must also remember that there are important differences between election and uh, rep reprobation, as they are presented in the Bible. Election to salvation is viewed as a cause for rejoicing and praise to God, who is worthy of praise and receives all the credit for our salvation, as seen in Ephesians 1 and 1 Peter 1. God is viewed as actively choosing us for salvation and doing so in love and with delight. But reprobation is viewed as something that, bring God, that brings God sorrow, not delight, Ezekiel 33. And the blame for the condemnation of sinners is always put on people or angels who rebel, never on God himself. John 3 and John 5. So in the presentation of scripture, the cause of election lies in God and the cause of reprobation lies in the sinner. Another important difference is that the ground of election is God's grace whereas the ground of reprobation is God's justice. Therefore, double predestination is not a helpful or accurate phrase because it neglects these differences between election and reprobation. Now, reprobation as defined would be someone is elected for condemnation, whereas election is someone who is selected or elected for salvation. Um and and I think regardless of what side you stand, where you stand, reformed or, or, or otherwise, I think everyone can come to a consensus that, and maybe I'm wrong, but everyone can come to a consensus that salvation is the Lord's. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So ultimately, if he's the one that is offended by my by my sin and by my crime, he has to be the one to pardon my crimes. So I can, if I committed a crime against G and I stole something from his, his, you know, from his house or his truck or from his pocket or something, and later on I return it. Hey G, you know what I'm saying? I took this from you. I'm so sorry. 
I can give him back what I took. He still has to be the one to pardon me. Legally, he can still press charges against me, even if I return the device or return whatever it is I stole. So from a legal standpoint, the person whom I committed the crime against has to be the one to pardon me. And, um, you know, when it comes to the courts in certain states, even if he says I'm not going to press charges, the government can decide where we're still we are still going to press charges because you violated a law. So ultimately, it's something that comes outside of the offender to receive pardon. That's grace. They're waiting to receive grace because I've repented, waiting to receive grace. And a lot of the 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 worldviews or the or the 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 the, the theological positions that some people have is that God definitely has to forgive me even if I say, God, forgive me. Ultimately, if he does receive our forgiveness, which he promises in Christ, it's because he's chosen to do so through that medium. This is what he's deciding to do. He is the offended. He's deciding to pardon, and it relies on him. It falls on him to give us pardon. If I come to him and say, hey, I gave you back your device. Now you owe me. Or I've lived this right. I've never stolen from you, G. Now you owe me half your paycheck. What? No, that's not how this works. It's not how it, it's not a it's not a uh, something that you've earned. It's something that you are waiting to receive because he has granted the the avenue for pardon, which is in Christ. Um, so I say all of that because the argument of positional righteousness is that in Christ. So if we have confessed Jesus is Lord, uh, we are, we're repentant of our sin, mm-hmm. we are now in a place where we are positionally righteous with God. So we've been granted this, uh, ado- we're, we're, we've been adopted as children. First we were enemies, now we're adopted as children, now we're this, we have positional righteousness with God. And having that positional righteousness, according to what we're discussing now, you can either lose that position, so your position in line, now you've lost it, or you can still have the position and do whatever you want. And Calvinism doesn't teach that. Reformed theology doesn't teach that. It teaches that there's both the pardon from God, but there's also the responsibility from the, from the individual. I think um, even to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying with G and the, the scenario, with yeah. the, like the courtroom, um, I heard from R.C. Sproul, um, rest in peace. Rest in peace um, for real. But it really kind of blew my mind because in this scenario, you did something to G, right? Mm-hmm. And G chooses to forgive you, right, of all your your iniquity or whatever you just did, right, in the courtroom. What you just received was unmerited favor. It was grace, mm-hmm. right? So how do you feel towards G? You feel... Well, <laughs> Thank you. And this is similar to the grace that we receive with God. The Mm. original fall of man, right? Um, We've done nothing but sin (laughs) against. We live in that fallen fallen nature, right? And when God chooses us, calls us to it, is this, Mm -hmm. this love, this, oh my God, thank you. Now me, I did something to G. We're both in the courtroom now. And he, G chooses not to let go or forgive me of my my sin do my perspective i'm saying man that's unjust but it's not injustice when we both fallen it's just i have not been i have done not a recipient of the grace god is not evil in not choosing because he can choose whatever he wants to do right he's not forced to do it. he's not forced to do it you're receiving unmerited favor Mm -hmm. it's not merited Mm -hmm. good the fact that i don't receive it is not injustice it's not injustice, and that's very hard to grasp for somebody that's not sitting in the same situation Mm. i'm going to prison for the rest of my life because I deserve it. That's mm-hmm. hard to wrap wrap around my mind around. I deserve mm. it, mm-hmm. and you deserve it too. But God chooses to give you in that selection. In that selection, mm-hmm. yeah. and it it sounds like it's this thing that it, it, if you're not careful, you you're like, man, that's unjust. 
Cause I'm the one city. I'm the one going to prison. How do you think that makes me feel? I'm not going to prison. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Th- f- from that perspective, you know. Right. And and a friend of mine used to tell me and and gave me this example. Instead of prison, make a hell. You know. Yeah, exactly. What it's, it it's like a bus going down to hell. Yeah. And God decided to pull you out of that bus for some reason that we don't know, mm-hmm. and, and save you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's not unjust from his part to actually let everybody else go i mean i should go i should be on that bus yeah but but by his grace i mean he decided to show me his mercy and save me mm-hmm. um i wanted to add something to what you said before uh we need to think that in, in everything that we're saying i want to go back to the initial thought because that's very important yes. yeah um there is a pastor it used to be i don't know if he's still i think he's still a pastor though down in, uh, um, some people might know it, um, in Palm Beach, very well-known pastor. And a couple of years ago, uh, I actually have a book from him. Uh, I think it's fine saying his name. Uh, yeah. I don't want to say You don't want to say it? That's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but he used to be part of TGC, uh, very well-known pastor. And two years ago, uh, he got caught and uh, he was cheating on his wife. Mm-hmm. And so the church decided to part ways from him. Mm decided to let him go. Uh, he was like, okay, fine. I repented. You know, I did what I was supposed to do. And a month later, we found out that he actually filed for divorce. Mm-hmm. So he divorced his wife. A month later, they found out that he's still dating the other girl again. A year later, he married the same girl. Mm. Uh, so I had the same question that, you, question that you guys had. A friend of mine, not a friend of mine, but someone in Facebook asked me this question. I have a lot of books from this guy, very well known, really good teacher. Should I keep reading those books, mm. or should I just toss them out? That's interesting. That's there's a there's a number of, of of pastors or teachers that we can have that same and conversation. And he's still about. he's still I mean he's still writing, he's still uh, blogging, so you can find him online. But I mean, do we keep trust him? Mm. What he's saying, I mean. I don't know. It is a hard question because I, if you find that out about myself, you, you, you probably won't, we won't be friends anymore. Right. So it is hard to forgive someone that has done all this stuff and then That's true. Uh, keep believing, you know, what they're they're teaching. Uh, in my perspective, is he he did not repent. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think there's a clear difference because. Um, this guy in the Bible, we probably all know him, uh, David, right. had a situation with Bathsheba. He was supposed to be at war. He's looking at this naked body, mm. decides to have sex with th- another man's wife. And when the guy comes to war, back from war, he sends him to the front because he's the king. He sends that the husband of the girl to the front lines to mm-hmm. die. So he basically kills him. And the funny thing is, is he continues to live his life. It's not until Nathan the prophet comes to him and gives him an illustration of a of a person who stole a sheep from a poor person, and then he says, "What do you think I should do, David?" Mm-hmm. And David's like, uh, "Kill that man." <laughs> He's like, "You're that man. You've stolen from the li- the guy that you know." And he and the what you said right, the repentance. David fell to his face. The Bible said, mm. and so it's funny that. Even with that sin that was way worse than what that what right. the pastor that you just mentioned, what David did was way worse. He, he killed basically that. He killed the guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he killed the guy. And yeah. he ended up marrying Bathsheba, and we get you know Solomon yeah. later and stuff, and it comes from which the, is weird. Which is so weird. strange. But, why, but why you God, can yeah. see the level that God is willing to forgive. Yeah. He forgives wholeheartedly. When it when you come genuine in repentance, mm-hmm. right? I, I mean, when it comes to God, we find in the Bible like stories that you're pulling your hair up. You're like, how can God plan something mm-hmm. like this? I mean, we were talking about Joseph at church this weekend, and how he was about to be killed by his brothers, and and now all of a sudden now he's helping them out. I mean, God works in mysterious ways. We don't know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know for sure what's 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 next. But do we keep trusting? The source, you know, that we keep mm-hmm. trusting this guy. I, we know that he has fallen. We know that he doesn't believe. And and then one thing is that I come out clean and say, you know, I, I did what it was wrong. Now I repented from it. Mm-hmm. 
But another thing is to be sorry because I got caught. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. that's completely different. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's tough. It, it's a it's a weird um, it, it's a it's a weird situation because I think. Um, you know, someone could be very gifted at what they do, gifted speaker, gifted writer, um, you know, gifted leader, and they just have that natural gifting. And um, if, if, it's, if it's, aside from the individual, if what they're giving is sound and the teaching itself is not, it's not heresy, but the lifestyle is heresy and it's public and then we know about it. I mean, there's other teachers out there that we haven't heard of any stories, but I don't know if they beat their wife. I don't know that. You know, I yeah. really don't know. Yeah. So I have to I have to operate under the assumption that um, unless it's 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 clear to me um, that this is what's happening. I mean, there's certain things that you know, I'm I'm just not sure about. Maybe publicly, mm-hmm. maybe publicly repentance didn't happen, but maybe privately repentance happened, and hence the reason why he married the girl. I don't know. I don't know if that's the reason why, right? He's like, I already messed up. We already went through the divorce. I, I'm going to do the right thing by marrying this girl and treating her like my wife and, you know, keep it going. Hopefully, you know, whatever. And I, I think it be, it becomes, a, it, that's, a, that's a weird, I mean, that's a weird and tough situation. And then you might be right. As a teacher or a writer, right. he might still be Teaching acceptable. Solid. Okay. Right. But as a pastor. Sure. I'm not, I'm not, you yeah, know, it's yeah, that's true. Uh, based on the Bible, then sure. we need sure, to have sure. certain qualifications sure. for that. Mm-hmm. Sure. So it's, it's yeah, and no, there is yeah. consequences for sin. Like, you know, like a person that so happens to get AIDS, the AIDS doesn't go away, you know, but you, you know, you're forgiven. Yeah. So there, there are consequences to actions, I guess, you know. Now I'm thinking, um, so I, I'm going to read a quick verse, um, Hebrews 6. Uh, Hebrews 6, 4 says, uh, For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and powers of the age to come and then, fin- then, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the son of God to their own harm and upholding him up to content. To me, when I read the verse, I have a certain interpretation, right? But it it just reading it as is, someone can read it to say, oh, okay, someone who's in the faith can now be out of the faith. Someone who's in the faith can can be in a position where they've enlightened, they've seen, they've tasted, they've shared in the Holy Spirit, and now they fall in the way, so it's impossible to restore them. So the fact that they've been in the church and we've seen these this fruit, right, that, that's not godly fruit, man, these guys were never believers. There's no hope for them. Mm-hmm. All right, peace out. I'm going I'm to I'm stick with the guys that I see fruit in. I'm not even going to pursue them because according to Scripture, they fall in the way, so to to restore them it's impossible there's no way i can do it what are your thoughts on that before i give like what it actually means g what do you think being quiet today man (laughs) (laughs) i mean i've encountered a lot of people um in that instance where uh they believe in that notion where it's just they'll see uh, a brother or sister in the in the faith and they'll see them falling away shortly and then they're just like, all right, um, they're seeing the light. So it's just like uh, the angels that they saw the light. So just because now that they're rejecting it completely, we have to completely turn away because scripture is telling us that if they're no longer following or they're no longer partaking, then we have to completely reject them or let them be. So they'll literally let them be and yet they won't consider the fact that God is still working within them. Like they're falling, they're having a time like we spoke uh, spoke about, um, where you have those moments where the flesh, um, and they're going through a rough patch in their life. They're being human, but yet you don't see any of that. You're just seeing you're right, mm-hmm. so you're good. You're just focusing on yourself. You don't care really necessarily, but you're just letting them be whatever they want to do, or just letting them do what they want to do. But yet you're not showing that love and affection by actually 
being in communion with them or like partaking and seeing what's wrong, what's going on in their lives or actually engaging with them as brothers. So then let's say that same brother, you, you, you know, they're, they're, they're in, in the community of faith and now they're clear to you. Cause I had someone like that. Um, they're clear with you, man. You know what I'm saying? The scripture stuff is just not, and you know, you know you've seen their life, you've seen the fruit, you know God rocked them. You know they tasted and seen the Lord is good. You know that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in them because you've been around them in ministry and you've seen the mm. work of God. And they just come up to you like, yo, man, this whole Jesus thing, uh, I'm good. Uh, it's, not, it's not for me. This is not real. And so you either continue to pursue them or you let them go live their lifestyle in hopes that being apart from God, they would actually see that being in God is much better kind of thing um what I mean, would you do I, in that I, i've met people like i've personally was just like that um that when that time where i was having my my hardship and i you can attest to it because i remember that day where um you decided to meet up out of the blue and i just came with was the neck- payway uh yeah yeah, uh, that payway? yeah. yeah. <laughs> when i just came to um the restaurant and i was wearing already like a runic necklaces and i was like deep into magic like talking to demons type of thing and i was just rejecting every single notion but yet mike knew me like he knew the level of of how i was and like i've met people like that as well it's one of those situations where you seriously uh put it in prayer that that's like strongly what i believe which is um you continuously pray you you don't you let the person, like a scripture says, you let them, but you're continuously in prayer. I have a question for you. Uh, when you were in that time, did you ever think about God? Did you ever, like, was the Holy Spirit, now you thinking back, was the Holy Spirit ever, t- like, still tucking at your heart, like, come back to me, pray? Well, he was fighting against it. Yeah, of course. So, so the reality is the person that truly, so, like, so you were never f- too far gone because the Holy Spirit is still... Conviction. conviction. Yeah, that's what we were saying earlier, which is like what he said is like once you see the light, like the light's on, like no matter what, yeah. like you'll continuously hear the voice. Because even though I was going through all that struggle, I still knew that I was in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I still knew like there was God and I was just being the rebel. Like I wanted to live my life. But yet that's something that you like coming from. That position, I know what someone's going through when they're saying things like, oh, no, like, screw God and, and things yeah. like that. Like, I know personally because you think that you have it right because you think that whatever you're doing or however you're living, your identity at that time is right. And God's telling you, no, that's not the way that I envisioned for you or that's not the way that I know that you can be greater. But yet you're saying, no, I want to do this. I want to do that. But yet. That's not the life. And then you notice that as soon as I, I would say, like, you walk back into the light, it's like you start seeing, like, wow, like, you fall flat in your face and you're just like, wow, I did all this. Like, where you were saying with David, like, you just fall flat and repent. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the prodigal son story in the Bible where mm. there's the two sons and one of the sons was always with the father. The other son was like, I'm going to give me my inheritance now. You're not even dead. That's crazy to me. Give me my money. You're not even dead, but give me my money and I'm going to go use it. Prostitutes, drugs, whatever, right? He comes back after a certain period of time and then he realizes this humble moment that he's like, it was better at my father's Mm. house, but maybe he'll have me as a servant. The level of humility that that his situation has gone through, but Mm. he still made that walk back home. You know what I mean? So the Holy Spirit clearly is still in that situation, still in your situation when you're at that moment. Now, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the only sin that's not forgivable. uh, Forgivable. 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 (laughs) Forgiving and Forgive John for not pronouncing that word correctly. (laughs) No, you know, forgivable. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because there a person that you can't blaspheme the Holy Spirit if you still have a desire to, to. to a person is 100% in darkness when God says, I'm going to give them over to their shameful lust. I'm going to just give them over. I'm going to stop, like, at that moment, seeking. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to be able to feel. And right. it's literally a searing of conscience. 
And that that moment, no wonder it's unforgivable because you you can't go back to the light. There is no consciousness. God doesn't contradict himself. So the spirit cannot blaspheme the spirit. Mm. So if you don't have the spirit, then obviously you blaspheme in the Holy Spirit. So it doesn't contradict. I want to make a comment about verse 4. If you can read uh, verse (laughs) 3 and 4 for me again. Um, uh, well, I got to pull up because I They're just right there. a snapshot. But uh, verse oh, four fine. says, uh, for it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right there. So the taste, right? Mm. There's another verse that, that says that even people that have served God and worked for him got to heaven and then God looked at them and said, depart uh, from me. Matthew, right? It was like, yeah. Lord, Lord. Yeah. I mean, Lord, Lord, here I am. I serve you with all my life. And then God is looking at them and he's like, Did I, I do? I, can't, I, raise I don't even from know the you. <laughs> I don't even know you. Yeah. I mean, who you yeah. are. So depart from me, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you justify stuff like that? Um, so the taste no, doesn't mean anything that you have experienced, that you have been in a church mm-hmm. and hear and experience the grace of God for some reason that that does not mean you're safe so you have to be careful on that because salvation does not mm. come from uh, from uh, only experiencing mm. you know the grace of god but by believing yeah. and repentance also the only things that uh, the bible talks about very clearly though right. so if you're not turning away from your sins but you're still experiencing for some reason the favor of god uh, that does not mean you're safe. Well, yeah, I mean, interesting point you bring that because um, who was it? Uh, Simon the magician in, yeah, yes. in Acts 8, right? Same thing. He was there. He believed. He got baptized. He was there. He saw it. He was experienced it. He, you know, he probably under the umbrella where, you know, he tasted and saw God was good. He was around brethren. He, you know, all these benefits that he was within the community. And then wanted to purchase the Holy Spirit. Say, I want that power. Here's some. Here's some, here's here's a little bit of bread. Let me get some of that. And and Peter's like, excuse me, sir. Uh, <laughs> yes. should, yeah, uh, leave. Um, and that person uh, historically, he's Simon Magus, the founder of Gnosticism. So the fact that he went on to form another system and uh, a faith to compete with Christianity. Um, Based on the fruit of that labor, it's difficult for me to look back and say, hey, he once rolled with us, so he is a part of the family of faith. Yet he left, he got kicked out, and then he started, you know, uh, 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 whatever it is he started. You know, that, that's a very tough place. Uh, and it kind of goes back to, I think it's, um, I think it's Matthew, oh, it, I think it's, it's I, I don't want to say the verse, but it's in Matthew where the seeds are being thrown like, uh, you know, some on good soil, some on, yep. you know, uh, here, some on thorns and all that. And uh, it's only the seed that is on solid in good soil that will grow. And there's other instances where it does grow. The seed does grow, right. but it grows quickly and it dies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's almost like that experience of being, of having an opportunity of getting, you know, like that. Um, but, it's interesting because here it says uh, it says to restore them again to repentance. Um, it's almost as if the 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 writer here is is almost uh, giving a a sarcasm, so to speak, because it's like you've tasted you've you've once been enlightened, so you've been enlightened. You've tasted the heavenly gift. You've shared in the Holy Spirit have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come. And then you fall away. Does that happen? Does that, you get hit by a truck and you're not, and your life is the same, like 100% the same. You have no injury, nothing. You get, you get slammed by a semi truck and your life is not changed. Telling me you're going to have a radical encounter with the God, creator of heaven and earth, all the seasons unseen, the one who spoke the world into existence, omnipresent, omnipotent. You're going to tell me you had an encounter with him. You had a, you had a face-to-face with him. You are, and you didn't change. Nothing's changed. You're not repentant. Come on. You can't tell me you were actually had that confrontation. You can't tell me that you actually believed or that you actually ever repented. There's no way you could have done that. 
if you had that encounter with God. If you had an encounter with God, it's a wrap. You're done. Like, your life has changed. You will be changed. He will put a new spirit in, spirit in you. He will cause you to obey his commands because you had this encounter with God. Like, it's going to happen. Um, here, to restore them again, there's no restoring again. It's you've, you were restored, and that's it. But to say to have to restore them again, it's impossible. This doesn't happen. They're, they're, they're crucifying God again. It, it, it's telling that they may not have ever been in a place where they had that position It's like uh, Judas, uh, of, I think Iscariot. Uh, that's the one that Judas, the uh, disciple that betrayed Jesus. Mm. He was rolling. He was one of the 12 disciples mm. at that moment. God's hand selected him, right? But at the end, he's the one that betrays him, right? So... You can be rolling with, with you know, Christians. You can go to church. You can be, have nothing but Christian friends. You could, you know, thinking that you're going to go to heaven. I thought I was going to go to heaven before I even stepped foot in church. Yeah. You know, but I truly believe. That's so crazy that I truly believed I'm going to heaven when I was living lawlessness. But the spirit testifies because I was at, I was in a war like, like, you know, G was having a war, you know, at that moment. So, I I mean, we see, um, a lot of people nowadays, um, growing up, they'll put it on their status, uh, Christian. And we talked about this briefly, like in the earlier episodes, how, um, people will just post up Christian because they, their tradition was going to church every Sunday. On their status. Yep. <laughs> On the status. And you'll see a lot. They'll put a, a Bible verse here or there, but yet their lives will be completely different from what they're actually preaching on the on the, the social media. But then there is that point. Like, there's that defining point. Like, we talked about it last week where once you're saved, you have that moment where you're just like looking at your, like, collection playlist and you're just throwing out CDs, like, you see how your life is. You're like standing before God and like kneeling and like yeah. everything has changed. You know, to kind of go back to uh, whether someone can be saved and unsaved at the same time, like it it's just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like philosophically. Yeah. Even logically, like contradiction. Well, philosophically, <laughs> I mean, the, the law of non-contradiction, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's one-on-one, like mm-hmm. you, you can't be A and B. Is you're either A or B. Like, you're either saved or not saved. Like, you're either in Christ and you repent of sin or you're in the world in sin. Like, you can't have, I think Andy Mineo in his song, he's like, you can't have have my Savior and my sin. Like, I just can't have both. I can't delight in Christ and also delight in my sin. I either delight in Christ and wrestle with sin, be convicted by sin and find maybe intermittent joys and temporal and then be like, ah, I messed up again. Why am I doing this? And just have this battle. Or... I have this battle and uh, I really don't, uh, I got to do this because I think I'm going to heaven. I need heaven. I need, my parents went to church. I got to go to church. Man, I just love this sin. This sin is just so much better. It's so much more gratifying. Jesus is okay. There's not, there's not a both. There's not a, it's either, it's an and or. It's not an and. Yeah. It's not a, you just can't have both. It's not a particular situation. Like, you know, the, the pastor example that we had previously. Right. Like the David and the pastor are both one in the same David in the Bible gets on his face and repents. I don't know about the other pastor. I don't, I'm not judging anybody. Well, you we know? don't know that. We don't know. Yeah. I don't know his life. I don't right. know. So literally, I don't know. You know, uh, I just heard it now. Right? No, no, no. Literally, I don't know. Yeah. You know, so, but I don't know his, his, um, his, the relationship with God. You know what I mean? But the reason I say it is that it's also the, like, motive, motivation, things that are untangible that only God can see. Mm-hmm. You know, we just got to can't really judge on the appearance of a person. Right. Uh, but if you in a one regard, but then you also see a person's fruit. So if you're sure. a brother and I see that, you know, you, you know, you're watching these movies or you're doing the thing and I'm like, yo, and God chooses to use me to be like, hey, Mike, what are you doing, man? Why are you why are you doing that? I thought you were a believer. Like you're supposed to be, you know, that is like. A correction to another brother sure. in the faith that differs than you know a person that's completely in engulfed in sin yeah. doesn't want to repent yeah uh goes to church has the outward pharisee appearance of yeah. of i'm a good christian boy good christian girl but it uh, in their heart 
they're departed from God. There's a big difference. One has a good appearance, the other one has a bad appearance, but the motivation within them is different. Mm. Yeah, that's good. G, you had some you had some verses you wanted to read. Um, um, go ahead. I have a verse now uh, going back. I have First um, John. It's going to be pretty lengthy. Six. Uh, uh no. First John three, six through say, ten. First John got six chapters. What? <laughs> <Okay. laughs> and it's going to read: um, No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning, because he had been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. And that's Boom. really what we have to go by, right? Those are two things that we have to go by to, to look at someone to say this person's in the faith. From a human standpoint, mm-hmm. is their confession of faith and their works. That's really what we got. Um, and a lot of even the, the quarrels that we have, you know, uh, in, in terms of like evangel- evangelicalism, you know, whether it's, you know, d- is the person, uh, is, is the God the one choosing, is the person choosing God, like, you know, that kind of whole thing. It's, you know, from the human standpoint, we are evangelizing to a people that we really don't know where God is working or what's happening. One of the things I've seen a lot, okay, and, and I, I used to be charismatic, not like in my theology, but mm-hmm. I used to go to a charismatic church. And now that I'm, I'm going into a biblical sound uh, church, uh, I've been pointed a lot. Like, uh, Andres, you, your life is more liberal now that you're a reform. <laughs> and I'm That's like, really? That is interesting. I mean, it's, if, it's, it's completely the opposite. If anything, I mean, I'm more open about my condition in my heart. You know, it's, my heart is completely exposed now. I'm a sinner that needs help mm. every day by mm. the grace of God. So, so that verse, I remember clearly when I talk about that verse three years ago, because I, I, I teach through the whole First uh, John, and and that puts a person on the spot, you know, mm-hmm. and then confronts you. It's like, are you really saved? I mean, look at your works now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if and then on reform um, groups, I've seen that. Most people, most pastors are very open about their, their current um, self, um, sinning situation. I, I mean, they're very open about, um, I'm, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with this. And they, they like to express how they feel about mm. um, their spiritual situation. Yeah. So if anything, um, a, a truly Christian, a truly safe Christian is, is a person that is open about their condition mm. and, and that doesn't hide anything. Right. So because he's ready to repent. Yeah. And if I put you in the spot and tells you, you know, tell you that you're doing something wrong, then you are ready to repent from right. it. Right. Because you know in your heart that you're not choosing right. You know, the, uh, John Piper had said something and and uh, uh, that where he said, you know, uh, circle of believers, sometimes they'll try to decide is what I'm doing. Is it sin or is it not sin? Mm. And. John Piper almost says, you know, if you have to figure that out, if you're kind of scared, if you're, don't even get, if there's like gray, just go away from it. Yep. Like, why try to test to get so close to the line? Like, f- forget the line. Like, if you have to put a Run line, away just, from it. Just leave. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's very true to what, you know, what's being said is, um, if, if, if G has to question whether I'm a believer, and he's bringing that to my attention, or he's noticing something, he's unsure if I'm a believer, him being a believer is unsure that I'm a believer, that might be enough for him to say, man, or enough for me, the one hearing it, to say, I just need to be worried about that. Work out my fear with, fear, uh, work out my salvation salvation with fear and trembling. So if you have questions about my walk with Jesus. And if you're truly saved. Right. You will be asking, exactly. tell me what it is. Exactly. I want to know. But if it's I, not concerning to right. me, that should be the concern. Right. If it's not concerning to me that you're giving, bringing that to my attention, then that's the most concerning thing imaginable. Yes. That you wouldn't, that you, there'll be no conviction of the fact that I'm living a certain way and you're bringing that to my attention. Um, 
I think the non-conviction piece is where anyone who's listening who maybe doesn't have conviction and people, you know, talking to you or whatever it is, um, uh, that, well, that's a most tough people's, place to be. Most people nowadays, most people's afraid to open up. Because the church has imposed what you mm-hmm. felt before. Mm-hmm. It's like people is judging me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be judged. You know, I want to be help. I want to be, that, that grace of God needs to be extended to me. And I'm not feeling that way at church. Well, I would say, I would even, I would even add to that because I agree. But I would add to that that our culture is in a place where uh, we don't want to hear that we're wrong. We need to be, so it's like, oh, push out the negative. If he's telling me something that's they correcting push me, out the, push out the winner, negative. Like a winner and a loser, they want to give trophies to both. Well, no, no, so no, no, no. Like, <laughs> no, but the reality is there is a winner. No, it's true, true. But I mean, like, as far as like circles, a lot of, a lot of the philosophies that are going around, it's like, well, if he's talking negative to me, yeah. he's a negative person yeah. in my life. And push it away you from need, me. Yeah, you need to just compliment <laughs> me. It's so, like Dianetics. Yeah, you're so, a suppressive <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if I'm living in a, in a lifestyle yeah. of sin, but you're telling me, hey, man, the thing that you're doing, I don't know if that's a good idea for you to be stealing from Walmart. He's like, he's being negative. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't need to be around him because he's and just being negative I, I've to me. I've seen, uh, I mean, I mean, social media and then anything can, anyone can right. post anything. Right, but right, I've right. seen Christians saying, push aside people that is negative in your life. And I'm like, if anything, as a Christian, we should be impacting those people that are negative right. with like the truth of God. Right. You know? Right. It's, it's, it's a weird, it's, di- it's, yeah. That's so it's a weird dynamic there, in church right now. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. But, uh, one of the things that I also wanted to mention about uh, your verse, and, and I have a verse that I don't Go know ahead, if yeah. you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bad reader, so if you can read, <laughs> no, you're good. read it out for me. I don't know if you have it, but it's First Timothy 4, 1, and then if you can read verse 1 and 2 for me. Yep. First uh, Timothy 4, 1 says, Now uh, the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Though the insincerity of liars whose conscience are sealed, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from food that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving for it is made holy by the word. But God. I, I so want to emphasize verses, the yeah. first verse yeah. is people that somehow knew God. Mm. But now they are not only departing from God, mm. but are teaching contrary to what God teaches. Mm. I mean, it's very bad. Mm. And when we see people like that, I mean, run away from it. Mm. If you're in a church that does not teach the Bible as their center, I mean, I, I know you. I know you, I've listened to you guys. I'm a big fan, <laughs> but I would I would tell them, you know, run away from that church. And if you need help, I mean, you have. You know, but our it, emails to it, help, in, to help in some you out. in some verses, uh, I would say in Revelation, not to cut you off, yeah. that it would say like even in those circumstances uh, with the and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, with the Antichrist, even the elect would be deceived if that were possible. Yeah. So how no, it finishes that, the sentence if that were possible. So how yeah. would that? Yeah. So that's like. So, but it's one of those things. Like that's like one of those con- not conditional statements, but that's like saying um, this can happen. If that were possible. Right. So it's another little sarcastic. So I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. But for, let's say, the person who's doing that. So, like, kind of going back to the original question, the, 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 my friend that's wrestling with this situation with his, you know, the person that he's talking to about can you be saved and unsaved? Maybe, right? If, that, if that's truly heresy this person's teaching, maybe there's some other theological things that are, you know, he's being, you know, there's other weird spirits and right. it just gets to this place. So like let's say we're G like he he comes in wearing this like magician thing and and I'm like bro you gotta take that off he's like nah dude it looks it looks dope. six years ago right. I said I wanted Jesus in my life yeah <laughs> and he's preaching this thing I ha- I think yeah. the response yeah is leave yes because if he is of the faith he will repent even if like he for a season he's going through that and he comes to me later on he calls me and he's like Mike yeah I'm, I was tripping I mean we're talking about a person that's receiving but correct correct yeah you know yeah you, I will definitely 100%. recommend. Uh, you know, leave <laughs> as, as soon as you can, because uh, even the Bible says about people that is going to become like that, teaching things of the devil, right? Instead of the word of Absolutely. God, this is deceitful spirit. So there's some deceitful. spiritual things. Yeah, you know, oh, no, it's, yeah. it's true. Yes. It's true. Um, 
So, uh, so just to wrap up, we're we're over time uh, at this point. I wasn't even keeping track, but conversation has been good. Um, Hebrews four fourteen says, "Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us draw." Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And I think when we, th- when we meditate on that, on that reality of who Jesus is and where our salvation is coming from, we need to put our trust and hope in him. And the fact that maybe someone listening and people at this table, we have different weaknesses. I know my weaknesses are not the same as Andres right. and not yep. the same as John's, not the same as G's. Um, and in knowing my weaknesses and knowing where my struggles are, there is always, because of my human state, there's always room in the fact that we're in a fallen world. And, and um, in, in my human condition, in the, in the norms that I've created within myself throughout all these you know 30 plus years of my life, there is always the possibility that I would be more delighted in some of the things that I find on this earth than I would in Christ. And being in community is so important yes. because that's what brings you to the place where you receive correction, you get brought back to the word, and you can respond with love because people are pointing it out. Because I can get blinded on my own, mm-hmm. but if you have more than one person in your circle right to 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 what what is that uh, a three uh, three strand cord is strong right it's, uh, um, not easily broken yeah right so you have people that are there to, to 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 be with you to hold you accountable to to guide you in your walk it's going to help prevent a lot of travesty in your life Instead of having to learn everything by experience, man, listen to what the people have to say around you. Um, if you're in a Bible-believing church, you know, ensure that those are the folks you're listening to. If you don't know if you're in a Bible-believing church, I don't know if you need to be there, right? Like, you know, uh, pray to the Lord, uh, seek out wise counsel, uh, talk to us, contact us, uh, proofbeyondreason at gmail.com, uh, hit us up on Facebook, send us a message, um, you know, but... Uh, but in conclusion, I think it's safe to say that uh, that you can't be both. You can't delight and live lifestyles of pleasing God and pleasing your sin. That is not what's good. That's not conducive. That's not a reality. Uh, you're a living contradiction, if that's the case. Um, and and if you if there's a question as to whether you have a confession of faith or you're producing fruit. I think that is the scary, one of the scariest things mm-hmm. to be confronted with. And the response needs to be repentance. Um, so, uh, so I mean, that's it. Any final words from G? Anything you got? Anyone? No, I don't have anything. John, anything? Well, thank you for the invitation. Yeah, it's, been, it's awesome. It's been fun. It is and, awesome. Uh, you know, follow these guys. They are amazing. They are, they're really good. And I've been following for a couple of couple months now and appreciate it uh I love, I love all the topics that come up well we'd love to have you back for sure oh there you um, go so that's what we, i was waiting for we definitely love to have <laughs> you back um so where can uh where can they follow us on g soundcloud itunes youtube you can see us on youtube actually on uh, instagram you can check us behind the scenes um you can send us an email at proofbeyondreason at gmail.com shoot us a comment if you like the videos if uh you like the what you're hearing, if it's empowering, not empowering, I should say, but um, if it's giving you sound advice, uh, helping you come to Christ more in the sense of reading your word, as well as if you have any questions or something that you want us to talk about, contact us. Yeah, that's how the last two topics came up, questions and so forth. So do it. Uh, let us hear from you. But uh, we're signing out. This is uh, Mike the Baptist. Geology. JMO. <laughs>